You're listening to Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank State Street studio on WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. You know, uh, when you think of breaking news, you think of a few people. You think of Shams, you think of Woj, you think of Adam Schefter. And of course, number four on that, that Mount Rushmore. There are four faces on Mount Rushmore, there right? Are. Yeah, that's yes, it. Yes, they are. Uh, it's, it's Shams, it's Woj, it's Schefter, and it's Ivan dot J dot It is me. <laughs> Ivan dot J dot Yurkovich. Yes. Uh, and, breaking and, news? And, and, and I, yeah, news? I'm confident. I'm confident. Uh, you know, confidence is high in the Yurkovich camp on this one. And mm. what might be the least surprising news of the decade? Mm. Uh, Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner. They made a decision up there in the next couple of days, even before the end of the week, Kevin Warren will become the president of the Chicago Bears. Boom! Yeah. By week's end, according to the good kid. Yeah, by week's end, God, I hope for you're right sure. on this. Certainly, but, you know, on Friday or before Friday at some time, right. Kevin Warren will be the uh, president of the Chicago Bears. We first got wind of this from... I, this is a while back. This is why I'm saying well, it's this not is surprising. The, no, no, no. Pete Thamel, I think, who does a, he, who really does do a great job covering college football for ESPN, Yurko. Pete was the one who I think originally wrote the story. It was like right. two weeks ago tomorrow. You were gone. It was that week after Christmas. Sylvia and oh, I were I doing know. the show. I was listening. Oh, you were? Yeah. I thought you were out of town. Oh, no, you were in town. That's right. Yeah, um, I was in town. I was just wh- reclining. And Sylvia and I uh, spent a lot of the day talking about that. Yeah. And... You know, I I think we both walked away saying, boy, the Bears maybe are finally pivoting into doing things in a big way. And Kevin Warren's a big hire. You know, this is a guy that, first of all, his resume is incredible. And, and people that reach his position, when you look at it, it, it quite often is. He's a very right. impressive individual. Right, right, right. This is a guy who spent time in Minnesota and got what many people believe to be the best stadium in the NFL completed. And if the Bears are going to do this thing in Arlington, and I think they are, although I thought the, a quote from Scott Hagel was curious, where he's like, well, just because we close on it doesn't mean we're going to develop it. I don't know what that means. I mean, I, I hope the Bears, I don't know, who knows with them, but I, I think the plans for the first time are big. And they're, they want to get away from just being a mom and pop shop. And this would be big. You know, if Kevin Warren takes his experience and his success in getting done, you know, what, what he accomplished in, in Minnesota and then translate that, translate that, uh, translates that, excuse me, to uh, Arlington Heights, I think that'd be huge. That'd be a win. If, if to kick off the 2030 season, we walk into that building in Arlington Heights and it looks like Minneapolis, we're going to say it was a win. And I think that's great. And so you're right. The news has been out there. But oh, yeah. Jericho got a little I, I, tip I'd saying say, that the I, Bears have decided, yeah. and by the end of the week, they're going to name probably the least Kevin surprising the news yeah. that Chicago Bears would ever give anybody with all the information that's been out there. I think it's a great hire. I think it yeah. would be an absolutely great hire. A hundred percent. And they'll use him as a, as a resource now and the driving force behind developing that property yes. and doing yes. it right. Yeah, I hope it doesn't look like one big tuna can out there. I don't. I think it. You know, I yeah. want a little bit more ambiance. Yeah. I want a little more nuance. I want a little something special. Like when we go by the Raiders thing, and now the Raiders got some open space there too. So I haven't been over there yet. I've been there. I've been. I was in Vegas, right? I know. Yeah, uh, just before uh, Halloween. 
Yeah, it does kind of look like a big tuna can out there. Does it? And on one end, it looks like it's open, and you can see in from the highway as you go by. But I, yeah. I wonder, and maybe they had some challenges with the heat and everything. Right. Maybe there were you some challenges. You know what it looks like, Yerk? I mean, it what? looks like a Roomba. A Roomba. It does. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Like, I saw the aerial shot of it over the yes. weekend at one point. It does kind of look like a, a Roomba. Roomba. <laughs> That's a great call. And you never know where architects get their, uh, sure. you know, impetus from and their, their inspiration. And their inspiration. The guy looks down and he goes, whoa. All right. That's pretty good. SoFi looks incredible. Yeah. I so, will say that. SoFi's nice. Listen, the, the, the creme de la creme of all of them is what's in Dallas. Yeah, it's And amazing. what they've done around Dallas yeah, yeah, yeah. is like, I can't say enough good me? things about it. I really Are you can't. kidding me? And then you haven't been to Green Bay yet. I haven't. I know. Shame on me. Well, I know. Maybe, I, I, maybe next year. Maybe next year. How about year. that? Maybe next year. We'll I've been saying that for a long time. I would love to see in Green Bay. Uh, Yurko and I are in complete agreement about Dallas. We've been to that stadium twice and what they've built up around it now. But uh, that stadium for now going on uh, almost, believe it or not, I mean, that stadium before you know it here is going to be 15 years old in another year, I think. I think it's 14 years old this year. Uh, is that right? I think it is, Yerk. It's magnificent in just about every single regard. Um, it's as simple as that. And the people that have been there know it. I, I hope the Bears pull something like that off. And then, again, we've heard nothing but good things about Minneapolis. I, I've heard it from countless people. That I've heard it from from Joniak, from Courtney. JD used to say it. He said it's the yeah. best stadium that they got. He goes, "This is incredible what they did up here." Yeah, in a cold weather place to still, you know, bring in that natural sunlight on the days when the sun is shining late in the year. Um, to have that type of ambiance, to have in a cold weather city where you can walk in without your jacket um, and be comfortable throughout the game. Everything spacious about it. too and spacious. I, I went to the Final Four and uh up there in minneapolis and the place is incredible is it chris yeah it, it truly is because you do feel like in the the afternoon you do feel like you you're not outside but it it's not like you're hiding right from the from the you know what i mean in like a, it, a it's a different list, vibe you know yeah. right yeah exactly yeah, yeah it, it's I, magnificent so pull off something like that and if kevin warren can help get them there good and the bears are doing it big with this hire and then uh, does that bring Jim Phillips back uh, from the ACC to run the Big Ten? That'll be interesting. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But somebody's got to run the Big Ten now. You're... That is true. Kevin Warren just succeeded in getting you, – you can knock it all you want. Like USC. Wa- you, and US, UCLA. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about what that does They've to the, to get to the coffers. They've got to get something to San Francisco, though. Try to get Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. That next on the list? Or Cal. But I don't know or if Cal's Cal. good enough. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. And Phil Knight wants Oregon to be a part of that, but I think you know Phil Knight is, is even willing to pay money to get Oregon to be a part of that. Mm. So uh, good stuff from Mirko. Nice little nugget. And uh, if what was first originally reported a couple weeks yeah. ago is uh, you know Kevin Warren emerging as a very strong and, and likely candidate to be the next Bears president once uh, Ted Phillips. Uh, I, I mean, Ted, as soon as the league year ends, I guess, right? Ted is transitioning out. Is that right? When the yeah, league, league, year... league year ends March 1st. Okay. And then uh, it looks like, and Yurko is saying he's got it on very good authority that by the end of the week, the Bears are going to officially announce Kevin Warren as the new president. Rich is in Berwyn on ESPN 1000. Hey, Rich. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Here's a good question for you to ponder. How many first-round picks in the NFL have become busters as opposed to marquee players. I bet busters rule. Oh, sure. I would think that, uh, well, I mean, you pick a random year, 
and take a look at what the first round is. I mean, let's take a, a recent one. I'll do the 2011 NFL draft, and we'll go through that list to tell you who's the busters and who aren't the busters. Now, what do you consider a buster? A guy that played less than two years and flaked out of the league or never played two years or less? Yeah. Four years or less? It's, uh, what's your definition well, of a buster? What's the... All right, I've got it right here. We can go over buster or non-buster. From 2011? 2011. So you got five years to judge a draft, right? How you did? Okay. I gave you 11 years right now. Uh, okay, go ahead and go... Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, not a bust. Not a bust. Von Miller. Not a bust at all. Marcel Darius. A bust. Eh, eh I don't know. Maybe that's a little strange. He made a Pro Bowl. I mean... <laughs> You're being Boy, but little... he was the third pick. I mean, I feel like Marcel. Right. Okay, Marcel all right, not a bust. But, but Marcel yeah. never really turned out to be. A.J. Green. A, not a bust. Patrick Peterson. This is a great draft. You you landed on a great one. I, 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 I randomly said it. Julio, uh, Julio Jones. Uh, not a bust at all. All right, Patrick Peterson went to Julio Jones. Alden Smith. Uh, Linebacker. Wasn't he awesome, the one that got but banged he had all up the trouble. a little bit? He well, had, he had all the troubles. trouble. I mean, he was a very troubled So would man. you say bust, not a bust? The problem was he was incredible for like four years. I mean, he was, right? He, yeah. For three or four years, he was incredible. And I was probably too hard on Marcel Darius. Right, he right. played for the Oakland Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys also. Okay, So J- far, none of them are bust. Jake Locker. Uh, bust. Okay, there we go. We get into our first bust. He's a quarterback. Not shocked. Tyron Smith. Dallas Cowboys. Not a, uh, not stud. a bust. He's a stud. You say stud. He's Blaine, a stud. Blaine Gabbert. Bust. Now we go all the way away to the Hall of Famer. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. Houston Texans. The 11th pick. Not a bust. Quarterback, Christian Ponder. A uh, bust. Okay, you could say that fairly. Of course. Ponder's a bust. Nick Fairley. Bust. Defensive tackle. Yeah. Bust. We hung with him at the Super Bowl, remember? Yes. <laughs> Robert Quinn. Awesome. Stud. Mike Pouncey. Stud. Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, pretty studly. Studly. Nate, Nate Solder. Uh, pretty good player. Played 10 not, years not in the league. Not a bust at all. You couldn't say a bust. He no. played for New England. Very good player. Th- then he played a little bit longer. Uh, here's a bust for you. Corey Lugett. Uh, yeah, from uh, Illinois, right? Illinois, was it Corey, yeah. Liggett? Corey Liggett. Liggett. Yeah. Corey Liggett, I think was his name. Liggett, yeah. whatever. Uh, San Diego he went to. Yeah. Yeah, kind of a bust. Okay, bust. Was, yeah. Prince Amukamara. Not a bust. Adrian Claiborne. Mm. Iowa, defensive end. Uh, yeah. eh. You're also getting to the point where, like, where is he drafted and what? Yeah, he's still a well, first rounder, he's still rounder, the though. first round. Eh. So he's their first round pick. Cleveland Browns' Phil Taylor feels like a bust. Yes, bust. Out of Baylor. Anthony Costanzo. Um, Boston College offensive tackle. Played about eight I'd years, good, I'm guessing. I'd say pretty good player, not a bust. Danny Watkins, offensive guard, Philadelphia Eagles. This is the kid that came out with the story out of Baylor. Remember, he had some sort of story about I him. Vaguely remember. Yeah, him. he had some story. I, I, I think bust is with uh, Danny yeah, Watkins. I, I'm barely recalling him, so I would say yeah. bust. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I get your point. There's more in that one. Now, right. could we pick a different Hold random? On, draft? No. Let's go. Cameron Jordan, good stud, player, stud. Mark Ingram, uh, pretty good player. Muhammad Wilkerson, yeah, good player. Ca- uh, Cameron uh, Hayward, great for the Pittsburgh terrific, Steelers, terrific player. Now, Derek Sherrod was a bust for the uh, yes. Green Bay Packers. Was a tackle. Yes. Gabe Karimi for the bust. Chicago Bears, a bust. Jimmy Smith, the corner, uh, pretty good player. Baltimore, pretty good. Jonathan Baldwin, James Carpenter, and there you go. There's your first round. I think that one had a bunch 32, of hits. You had a bunch of hits, probably twenty to twelve. Yes, if I had to guess, I maybe even better twenty to twelve. Might be like twenty two to ten. I like that draft. I like doing that. You random a, draft. You picked a random draft that was really good. But the crazy thing is, you go through all this, you get great players all the way through this draft. I mean, you get studs. 
But I bet if we found some other random drafts, too, you'd say you'd look and you go, oh, my God, look at this first round. What happened here? There's a bunch of busts. It's- and then guys that weren't drafted you had here, too. Chris Harris Jr. for the Denver Broncos. Oh, was a pro good, bowler. Very good player. Wasn't drafted. Ah, there's always. And that's the key. God, if you got a great general manager, this is where he can make his A. Always. This is where he can get Doug Baldwin not drafted in that draft. Good I player. mean, that's what I'm talking about. Derek's in Brooklyn. What up, Derek? Yo, Yurko, Carmen, how y'all doing? Derek, how New are you, my friend? It's been a while, yeah. But uh, I just wanted to say that I think the Bears finally have a chance to, to build the team right because all these years has passed and we've traded our you know first-round picks away. So hopefully now we can just do what other teams have been doing, like the Jacksonville's, and you know get, get some good picks in the first round every and hopefully develop them. And, and I think Justin Fields can be the man. You know what I mean? We just got to protect them. Right. And put some pieces around them, and I think we'll be all right, man. Like I said, Happy New Year. Go Bears, man. I Thanks, Derek. Back and listen. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, they got uh, they got a golden opportunity. Let's hope they do it right. If you got a thought on the Bears and how they should attack the offseason, let us know. 312-332-3776. Want to play a little bit more from Ryan Poles, including, uh, again, his thoughts on Justin and how he tried to play it. Did he, did he play it cool enough and coy enough today when they met the media? And some advanced analytics that support Justin a little bit. Now that 2022 is in the books. We'll do that coming up next. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Sylvie and Waddle will be down for crosstalk in about 45 minutes. A ton of Ryan Poles sound that we've been playing because he met the media earlier today. And we'll continue to give some of that a spin. We'll take the phone calls at 312-332-3776. We're live in our old National Bank State Street studio for the second straight day. The sun is shining. How about it? No coincidence. After the Bears got the number one pick. Things are looking bright, Yurko. You know, it's going to snow later this week. What? Is it going to be a coincidence or Damn. something? Damn. A coinkadink? I think we might get a little snow tomorrow night into Thursday. That's saying, what I right? heard. Yeah. I'll still be wearing shorts, though. I'm yeah, you, not shy. Yeah, it's 45 degrees. I'm feeling good. I'm getting accustomed to be wearing them down in Florida next week. So. Yurko's off to Florida next week I for a few days. Shorts, uh, Thursday and Friday. We're going to play a little golf. Shallow. You know, Have some fun. Slap uh, a little white ball around. That's what I cards? like to do. Play some cards? Yeah, well, we'll be staying at the Hard Rock Casino down there in Hollywood, so we'll be uh, doing a little gambling. Are you going to be close to that uh, place that you and Mikey Jimenez, our good buddy, always talk oh, the about? Cigar the cigar joint? Yeah, it's bourbon in Fort place? Lauderdale over there. You're going to go there? Yeah, right by the Hooters, right on A1A, Beachfront Avenue. Yeah. Place looks good. We're going to be down there. It'll be on the second floor. I forget the name of it right now, but I know exactly where it's at. So you go to the Hooters right there on the beach. You walk in because it's kind of like an open style. It's got yeah. a couple floors there. Well, you're, go all the way to the back. Now, you know. Go all the way to the back. Go up the stairs, second floor. It's right. There. It doesn't look like anything. Hmm. Then you walk into the place. It is a bourbon cigar extravaganza. Sounds like my kind of place. It's a, that's the first time I saw um, uh, the father son Russell's Reserve Thirteen. Mm, yes, with the Russells. I'm Carmen. It's the first time I saw it. You wanted five hundred for the bottle. I just yeah, can't yeah. do it. No, can't. I can't pull the That's trigger crazy. at five hundred for the bottle. It's like, you know? I, that bottle was like I, MSRP of eighty nine dollars. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's a little you too much for the good kid. Yeah, that's insanity. Uh, here's Ryan Poles earlier today, in case you missed it, talking about Justin Pick, a uh, Justin Pick, <laughs> Justin Fields with the number one overall pick now in your pocket. I, that's what I got. I got a little 
tongue twister yeah, tongue, tongue, tongue tied and twisted. Having Justin Fields, their level of belief in him now that they have the number one pick in their pocket. Here was Ryan Poles. Well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Not bad how he played it. He didn't say no, absolutely not. We're, we're going, we're sticking with Justin. Justin's our guy. Start to, to put it out there. Let people be curious. Let people wonder. What could they do? Bring the quarterbacks in. I do think if he's going to do his diligence, he should probably bring them in, right? I would. I, I, you, know, you probably bring in the top five or six, maybe even more. I mean, you bring in a lot of guys. Don't get me wrong. But anybody that's a possibility to go with that first pick, Anderson, Carter, Levis, Young, Stroud, you're rolling them all in. Anything, anything you can do to make anybody think that you might be doing something, yeah, and or you're entertaining offers from a number of different parties that want to move up, yeah. Here is Paul's asked about uh, leverage with that number one, uh, number one overall pick. Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said about flexibility. I think we can evaluate the talent there. Uh, we can see what player presents himself in that position to help us, and then we can also look at the scenarios. You know, if the phones go off and there's certain situations where we think that can help us then we'll go down that that avenue too so um, I think we have really good flexibility to help this team regardless if it's making the pick there or moving back a little bit or moving back a lot we'll be open-minded about everything some of us have these uh, visions of the Bears moving back maybe a couple of times you know ending up with yeah multiple picks multiple and then then you know second rounders uh, at a second rounder this year at a second rounder next year and some third round and just Keep adding to that pool. You know, they could really do well by adding another second rounder this year, considering what they gave to Pittsburgh now for the Claypool. Th- uh, uh, Houston made some noise yesterday by firing Lovey Smith. Brandon Cooks, who's a player there, doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, even though he's been part of a rebuild right now. Brandon Cooks has been on like five teams in five years. Yeah, now. so, I mean, no interest in Brandon Cooks, I'm assuming, out of you. Especially uh, if you've got to trade for him. I don't know, want nothing if i got to trade no, for him. You know, no. Brandon had another 1,000-yard season this year. Yeah. Like, quietly, he's put together a Again, really nice career. What does one need to do in a 17-game season to get 1,000 yards, though? Mm-hmm. What's the challenge? No, Carm? I take that back. He did not have 1,000 yards. I don't know why I thought he did. Okay. I but thought he... I saw him on the list yesterday. I was looking at the guys that had 1,000 yards. Actually, 1,000 divided by 17 is how many actual yards? 50. If you had 50 yards uh, a game, you're at 850. Yeah. If you're like at 60, 60 you're over 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. So like so 59 yards a game. What are you really doing? It's not even 60 at yards. 59, yeah. you know what I'm saying? What are you doing at 59 yards per game? How many, how many thousand yards? Are yard... you dominating anything? No. How many thousand yard receivers this year, though? Oh, I, a thousand yard receivers, I think they're like 24. 22. Yep. Yeah. And thousand yard rushers, thousand I yard think rushers. there are like 10. 16, actually. 16. One of them was Justin. So yes. 15 running backs. 15 and, running backs. And Justin Fields had over 1,000 yards. Uh, speaking of Claypool, you know, here's polls did talk about him a little. I mean, they, they sent the 32nd pick. They, they never could have possibly envisioned that that was going to be the case. Here's polls talking about Claypool uh, joining the team midseason. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good point. You know, I think that's the difference between like trades in baseball and, and, and basketball. It's like plug and play. There's an entire off season and half of a season of installs and all the things that you need to do collectively to play and, and execute offensive play. Um, on top of that, it was a little bit choppy with some of it, Justin getting dinged up. Um, he got dinged up. Uh, so it was a little bit choppy of a start. I don't. I told Chase, and we had a really good conversation. I'm not blinking at that one at all. I think he's going to help us moving forward, and I'm excited about it. He better. 
considering what they gave up. And then there's the issue of the contract, which is just a year away. Here was Paul's talking about the contract for Claypool. I think, you know, if with health, with uh, Justin being out for a little bit, um, your expectation, I told him, like, yeah, I wish, I wish he came in and he had 1,000 yards and we just were going, but it didn't happen that way. But do I believe in the talent and what he can bring to this team? I do. Um, and I still think we're going to get that. In terms of the, the contract stuff, to me, we just got to take the next step and see how he gets implemented and how he does in this offseason. He's going to spend a lot of time with Justin as well as the other receivers and build that chemistry, and we'll be able to evaluate that even clearer next year. So there you go. Got to make a decision on him at some point. Hopefully it is a much better season, and I hope they're right that an offseason in, in the organization and in the building is all he needs to uh, fire again like he did as a rookie. Um, some stuff about Justin supporting the, the fact that there was a little growth this year, Yurko. You know, I gave you some of these stats actually last week. You know, we talked about uh, that that best stretch that he had, right? Week 7 through 16 in the NFL. Uh, Justin missed a game in there. He missed the Jets game, okay? But uh, if you filter out those that set of weeks, week 7 through 16, and again, Justin played eight games, out of uh, 36 qualified quarterbacks, that is any quarterback that played 125 snaps over that span, all right, Eric? Right. So 36 quarterbacks. I uh, guess who was in the top quarter at number 9? And EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. It was Justin Fields. He was the ninth-ranked quarterback in that metric over that span. Again, 36 quarterbacks. He was 12th in adjusted EPA per play. Um, here's something that I'll give you now that the season has been complete. It's not going to surprise you to find out that the Bears did not do well in football outsiders' DVOA rankings on offense or defense. They were worse in the league in defense. We know that. That was obvious the way they played defense in the second half. The Bears finished the season ranked 25th year in total offensive DVOA. And that was only propped up because they were 12th in rush DVOA because they did do a lot of good things on the ground and with Justin. They were 30th, third from the bottom, in passing DVOA offense, 30th in the league, all right? But if you, again, go to that subset of games between Week 7 and 16, and if we tease out Week 12 in which Justin did not play, that was where they had to go to the backup. And remember, he had a, he had a rib injury, uh, an oblique injury before the game. That almost caused him, Trevor Simeon, not to play. If we're gonna, Let's just exclude that game for this exercise. So if you throw out week 12, week 7 through 16, the games in which Justin Fields did play, the Bears were actually 13th in total offensive DVOA, top half of the league. They were 20th, so you saw a little bit of a jump there, too. And past DVOA, and they were eighth in rush DVOA, and that's not going to surprise everybody, anybody, excuse me, because of what he did in some of those games, the Miami game, the Detroit game, and things like that. But again, in that set of games, they were in the top half in total offensive DVOA. They were 20th in past DVOA. And I only bring those up, well, I bring them up for a couple of reasons. Like Yurko's talked about it. There was some growth, even with his arm, even with Justin having to play from the pocket. There was some growth. Not nearly enough. We hope it gets better. Quite frankly, it's going to have to get better. Yes. Because if this team's ever going to be good, they've got to be able to throw the ball, period. I agree with you. And I know this won't come as a surprise because to you. Because the number one rushing team in the, in, in the NFL finished 3-14. and 14. <laughs> That's true. There you go. You were the uh, number one rushing team and you finished 3-14. and 14. Yeah, if you cannot throw the ball in this league, you simply cannot win. You just, you can't. And if you can't score by passing the ball... And if you can't be prolific in that area, you're not going to win. Um, the expression defense wins championships is 
ridiculous. Uh, good teams win championships. Quite often, they're good at both, but not always. But I, I, it shouldn't surprise anyone that the better correlation to teams that make the playoffs and that teams that go far in the playoffs, generally speaking, are better on offense than they are on defense. That, that shouldn't surprise you folks anymore. It really shouldn't. If it does, I'm sorry. It's the truth. If you look at the DVOA rankings and you look at the top 10 offenses this year, York, eight of them made the playoffs. Eight. Five of the top 10 defenses made the playoffs. Now, three check both boxes. Both boxes. And guess who those teams are? The, the 49ers. They're the dangerous The ones. Bills and the Eagles. Yeah. The really dangerous ones. Where does Kansas City find it? Kansas City is outside the top 10 in, in defense. defense. Number one in offense. Yeah. Outside but even, even though they're outside the top 10 in defense, their defense is actually better than you would expect. Aren't they, they like 13th, Chris? Yeah, they? they're, they're right near the top they're 10. They're close. Yeah. They are. They're close. They're top half. Yes, they're top half. They're close. But the correlation, folks, is offense, not defense. Don't say defense wins championships. It's and, a silly and, thing and, to and say. And here's why. Because when push comes to shove, you've got to be able to move the ball with, via the pass with limited amount of time. You can't do that via the run because you use too much time during the run. That's true, too. When you utilize the pass, you can do that with the pass. You can get down the field in chunks with the pass. And if they want, you know, they can drop nine guys and rush two. You can still throw the ball against that. But if they put nine guys in the box, you try to run against nine guys in the box, you're not running against nine guys in the box. Good luck to you. So there's a time thing with the run and a time thing with the pass. When you've got to be able to move the ball, you've got to be able to throw it. Yes, absolutely. You have to. A hundred percent. And even San Francisco's finding out with two injuries down to Mr. Irrelevant and a third stringer that when they have to, they can. And boy, has McCaffrey been a weapon for them. When he's healthy, he's great. Who knows how long he'll stay yeah, healthier, I, I, but I'm, wow. I'm a finished product of a team. Uh, absolutely. He's a compliment. With and all that they have, the other running back they have is pretty damn good, too. Yeah, he's... So they've got a nice one-two hit and one-two punch there. Yeah. They, they really got something going right yeah. now. And they're one of those teams that does both well. Ideally, that's what you're looking for. Can you be Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, San Francisco, yeah. Philadelphia, Kansas City, which is brushing into that top ten in both? Three one two three three two ESPN is the number. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN one thousand. You know, that SoFi Stadium looks pretty awesome, doesn't it? And the Super Bowl was there. The Bears it's are going to go there to play yeah. the Chargers next year. The the one storyline from last night, unfortunately, really wasn't a game. You know, unless you're a Georgia fan and just how good they look and how good the backups look. Like when they played the fourth quarter with the young kids, like um, who's the running back? That running back number twenty two. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he looked fantastic. They're, they're the favorite again for next year. But like other than that, the story was the rain because the rain blows in from the like they got a pretty good storm, I guess, last night in L.A. and the rain. With the wind, the rain was kind of blowing sideways for a while, and it comes into the building. And like, yes. People were getting wet, but more importantly, the floors were slippery, and people were getting injured, I guess. Slip sliding away. Yeah. You wonder if, uh, if it's that smooth concrete. They need to try, change that surface. Yeah, if maybe. it's smooth concrete, then you get the water on there. It's like an ice skating rink. That's what it looked like. There yeah. were a bunch of stuff on social media. People you ever falling. do any naked beer slides? Never. 
rugby parties, a lot of naked beer slides yeah? along the smooth concrete. Yes. No, I don't want to do that. Not rough concrete. It's got to be that smooth, smooth concrete. I don't want to do yeah. it either way, to be honest with you. But you wonder if they maybe address that because they want Super Bowls. They want to be in that permanent rotation and, and for other big games. And, you know, they don't get a ton of rain, I suppose. I don't know. But, I mean, they got it last night. And people were getting wet in the stadium. Were they? Yes. It seemed to be mostly the TCU section, too. Rain, when it rains, rain, it pours. Rain in California? What's I going don't on? Know. I mean, climate change. It's, I don't know what it is. Well, however weird it is, it happened last night, and it was a bad look for the stadium. As cool as it is, I mean, By it way, looks spectacular. If it's cloudy tomorrow, can we call that climate change? No. You don't stop confusing weather and climate, smartass. You know, you're smart enough to know the difference. Like, who is it? Sylvie said you're smarter than you like to pretend sometimes on the air. You know. Mm-hmm. Eddie's on the north side. What's up, Eddie? Hey, boys. Hey, Carm, you should, uh, like, this year, is the, the whole season's over. What is the percentage of underdogs that got points and won? I would say it's pretty high because, you know, we talk about defenses. I, even the best teams, I've seen other, the worst teams put up points where it's just these, these better teams, at the end of the game, they have this, Bend but not break on one like one drive. You know what I mean, and and that makes them win the game because I don't think there's a spectacular defense. Is the reason I think that's why it's so important to get receivers, the quarterback, and be able to throw a ball in in a minutes of time, fifty seconds of time. Because a lot of games are won like that. Sure. There were a lot this year. You're right about that. I don't know what the exact percentage was, Eddie. For a while, like the first seven weeks of the season, the dogs were. It was out of control. I can look at the data and see if it's uh, balanced out a little as the season went on. 272 games this year. The dogs. They want to know outright winners for the dogs. You want to know outright winner? That's what he asked. I can get it. Outright winners for dogs. Not just cover percentage? Yeah, not just cover percentage. I can get it. And then, uh, you know, you had... You had some really good defenses miss because their offense couldn't do enough. And hell, if New England's New England would have given itself a shot if the special teams didn't totally yeah. fail them. You give up two return touchdowns. It's bad. You know the margins what twelve when it's all said and done. Think about that, York. You know their defense is pretty legit. I think San Francisco's defense is totally legit. To be honest, Bosa is going to be rookie. Uh, he's going to be defensive player of the year. Yeah, led the uh, led the league in sacks, right? Yeah, uh, Bosa ended up leading the league yeah. in sacks. Yes. Uh, 18 and a half, I believe. David in Frankfurt on ESPN 1000. Hey, David. Hello. Hello. David, how are you? Before I disagree, I do want to say you are correct. Everything is very offensive lately. Oh, totally. And yes, I'm going into the pass with the Bears defense. But when you have a defense as bad as the Bears defense, which probably six shutouts, two in the playoffs on top of that, if you have a defense like that this year, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would look that great. That's what do true. You think? If it's as bad as the Bears defense, you're probably right about that, David. You can't be that bad. Ideally, you want to be good at both. That, but you got to well, have absolutely, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, absolutely uh, a balance. There's yes. no and, doubt. And, and in this day and age, you're right. It's so different than it was when the Bears won it because the game's so different. And the rules are all set up, David, for offense. You got to be able to move the ball and score. You really do. Look, the Bears in '85. People have a tendency to forget too. The Bears were a top five team in offense right. that year. Yeah, they, offensively uh, they were very good. They were first or second in points. Now their defense helped them because they got them in favorable positions a sure, lot. You sure. had Walter, and they might have outright scored. Uh, and they might have outright scored. Jimmy Mack was good. I mean, but the Bears I think were first in points that year and like right. fifth in yards. I mean, they right. were a 
they were great at both, and they and, had probably the best single season and, defense. And ever. offensively, you can break the statistics down even better to find out exactly where they were. It's not just points scored. Yeah, the defense helped them there, yeah, and yeah. maybe with That's field true. position. You're right about. But that. you still got to put the ball in the end zone. I think yeah. they were good at putting the ball in the end zone. They, I think they led like in time of possession that yeah. year because they ran the ball so well, and they had they. Uh, I'm pretty sure they were first in points. If they weren't first, they were second. Don's in Frankfurt. What's up, Don? Hey, how you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Hey, I, I want to backtrack a little bit on a point you had made uh, earlier um, regarding what they can get for that draft pick. Uh, you were talking about the past, like what people have gotten for yeah. the first pick in the draft, and yeah. I've explored that a little bit. And I'm a draft nut. Mm-hmm. I have been for years. Um, and you got to look past that. We're not just talking about the first pick. Consider the fact that when Washington ended up with RG3, mm-hmm. they moved up a little bit. They gave up three firsts and a second. Mm. And also, uh, just recently with Miami and San Francisco. That's a good call because they gave up multiple ones on that one. You're right about that. Three, three firsts on that also. Yep. And then you can look back at what the Rams did to get Goff. They only got two firsts, but they got two seconds and two thirds also. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know what? I might rather have the two seconds and two thirds than another first anyway, because in chances are, you know, maybe that first is a bust, like you guys were talking. Maybe he's just average, but man, you got two third or two seconds and two thirds. You might come out with four studs. That's where you really start to like load up your your coffers and you get all that great draft capital that can be valuable. Don, good points. Thanks, man. You know, maybe uh, in, for whatever reason, it hasn't translated to as many multiple round picks when teams move out of that first spot. But Don just brought you some. Um, you know, within the last decade, examples of teams that had to pay a premium and give up multiple first-round picks just to make big leaps. You know, and the the Miami one's a great call. And then they were able to turn some of that into Hill and Shove, right, York? They took some of that capital and turned it into productive players now where, you know, you're lowering the bust factor because you're not worried about them busting out. Bradley Chubb's a proven commodity. Tyree Kill's a proven commodity. Um we haven't talked too much about the championship game. Again, it wasn't much of a, a game. I mean, Georgia yeah, yeah. just what looked amazing. 65-7, 63? 65, right? Oh, boy. 65-7, uh, yeah. Hey, Georgia just looked incredible. Um, and we we knew they were incredible. And we kind of said it towards the end of December. But they just looked like a buzzsaw that's not going to get beat. Ohio State had him on the ropes. But when he had to be great in that game on New Year's they Eve. They couldn't do it. You know, he was great. Yeah, yeah. No. They couldn't do it. And Stetson was great when he had to be in those those last 15 minutes. The bigger talking point, I know Cap was making a big deal out of it. Like, well, this is why Alabama should have been in. And the only thing I'd push back on is saying that last night wasn't a semifinal. TCU earned its way there. Yes. They won a playoff game. I mean. They beat Michigan. They beat Michigan. They beat Michigan. Were they aided by the refs a little? Maybe they were. But they beat Michigan. That that last night wasn't a semifinal uh, game. Alabama, you can't say they didn't deserve to be there. Alabama was not a top four team in the country. That's it. That's it. You know, do I think that there no were apologies? I I, do I think there were four teams better? Our opinions, our subjectivity doesn't really matter right. here. Carm, in, in his defense, did he know that? Cap? Did he know that it was a semifinal? <laughs> I mean, did he think last <laughs> night was a semifinal game? I don't I'm, know. I'm asking. I don't know how you could say, like, they In are- his defense, did he know? Uh, maybe. Maybe that's – if Cap thought it was a semifinal game, i get it. Otherwise, I don't think he can be arguing. They earned their he way He knows there. they beat Michigan, right? I I hope. Does this – Yurko, what do you think? I, I don't put anything past anybody, ever. Does, <laughs> do, guys, does this become alleviated when it expands? No. 
Well, you, I, the ninth team will be complaining. Uh, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, at what point do we stop complaining? Yeah. You the know, ninth like, team will be crying. We should have been there. And I also think there is an element where you could get more fluky with who gets through to the championship game. Oh, uh, boy, yeah. You when know, you're opening like, it up more. Right, you like, open it up more. It might, Yeah, you might get a team that... It was the seventh seed, month. got hot, and all of a sudden they're sitting there dancing against yeah. the number one seed. You know, like uh, yeah. Penn State uh, uh, is, is the example. Penn State. Penn State. We, That's we, a good one. Right. We had a month in between, right, the end of the college football season from the, the, the Army-Navy game until they started playing games, right? We had about one month. For the yeah. championship, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So there's a month in between. Yeah. Nick Saban took all that time to get up on his pulpit and start decrying the fact that the portal is there, and he was losing 13 to 14 guys. Anything, Nick, and I love Nick Saban. I do. He's Croat. He's one of mine, so I'm very happy for him. But this is his time to complain about everything. Well, the guy yeah, gets that, the best players in the country along yeah. with Georgia. Yeah. But this is his time to complain about everything because that is his one. You're right. That he wants to do. He wants to get up there and just wants to complain about everything. Because he can this time. I, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. that's all he wants to and do. His team went out and whooped yeah. Kansas State anyway. Yeah. But look, and, I mean, T, do I think that there were four better teams than Alabama? I mean, I, I think Alabama is legitimately pretty terrific, but they lost two games this year. They did. TCU lost once before last night in right. its conference championship game against another top 20 opponent and then won a playoff game. I don't think you can say, oh, this is why they, TCU should have never been in this game. I, they beat Michigan. I don't know how you would have eliminated them from the being in that contest last night. The only argument would be do away with the playoff system, go back to the BCS style where you say number one, number two, you face off for a championship. Because then you could argue... It should have been Georgia-Michigan. Yeah, that's and true. And then that would have been a better game. It would have taken like that buffer game away, that extra yeah. game away. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, see, that's, you know, if, sure. if that's what Cap was pointing to, is that we should go back to the BCS era, then I don't think that that's that crazy. But, I think we're going to continue to see the best teams in college football are way better than like the teams that are like 13, I, 14, 15. Oh, I think you're right, because I think... The teams, I think the Georgias, the with Clemson's right, the Alabamas are way better than most of the other yeah. schools anyway. Yeah. Ohio State, I'd, I'd probably yeah. put in that group. I yeah, think they're way better four anyway. Or five teams that each year are way better than the second group. Yeah. All right, we got full phones. We'll try to grab. We will. We'll grab some more calls here in our last segment before crosstalk. Sit tight. Um, either whether it's the college aspect of things we've been talking about, or, or a lot of Bears calls still rolling in. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Let's rip through some calls, and then uh, in about 10 minutes, Waddle and Sylvia will be down for crosstalk. Oh, great. Yes. It's the New Year, so we got to be friendly to them. we got to be friendly. How about we be friendly because uh, we like them and we're teammates? Okay. we got to do. Uh, we got to plan it on Hinge for this week, too. I All think right. Thursday. Yeah, whenever we'll, you guys uh, want. I got my whole week is open. Drop a new unhinged. My whole week is open. Let's go to uh, Rudy in Cherville. What up, Rudy? Hi, guys. Hey, um, you know, I'll talk about the draft. I think uh, a while back there was some kid from Eastern Illinois that didn't get drafted, and he turned out pretty good. I appreciate um, that, Rudy. <laughs> okay, you're, I think I'm right. I think you got to sign or do something with Jordan Love. I think this is his fifth year. If our diva quarterback comes back, what do you got to do? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, Jordan Love, Jordan I think Love. it's his fourth year, by this the way. This is Jordan Love's fourth year. Right. It's coming up his fourth year. So this, this is his third year. They've got to make yeah. the decision on Jordan Love now. 
do they pick up the fifth-year option? Right. Gee, I, and I don't think I'm mistaken on this, but you know Aaron Rodgers, everybody talking about him going away? Yes. Do you know what his dead cap number is? You said it yesterday. $99 million. .763 million. It's almost $100 million in dead cap money. It's, uh, it'd be like 45% of your salary cap. He's not going anywhere. I, I'd be stunned. He's not going anywhere. So if you want to pick up that Jordan Love uh, thing, it's like $22 million. You'd guarantee him in his fifth year $22 million. Mm. So would you be willing to do that? In his fifth I, year. I don't think you can. I don't know how you do that. I, don't think, I, I think Rodgers is there for the I next I think this years, is so. one of those um, where Jordan Love was drafted in the first round, so you've got him for a fourth year, that if you think he's going to be your quarterback moving forward, uh, you go ahead and try to solidify him to an extension now. Yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. You know, to this alleviate the, yeah, to alleviate the your yeah. cap issues. Yep. Yeah, Billy's in Tinley Park on the south side. Hey, Billy. Hey, fellas. How you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, so with the debate on offense, defense, I think, you know, obviously maybe about five to ten years ago, you could say defense wins championships. But now with all the changes in rules and uh, offensive players being protected so much, it's definitely an offensive league. If I was the Bears, you know, I'd I'd try to trade down maybe once, twice. You could go for Will Anderson or, you know, Jalen Carter, or you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. later, and then you sign a Deron Payne and maybe a left tackle like uh, Laramie Tunsil, Jawan Johnson, and build that way. That's the way I would go. Yeah, and uh, is Marvin Harrison only a sophomore, guys, or is he a junior? He's only a sophomore, right? Yeah. He's got one more year. you got to wait a year on Marvin Harrison Jr., Billy. He's not eligible yet. But, no, you're right. I mean, it's a good point, and it's why we talk about the importance of passing offense so much. It's just, um, you know, the dynamic ability of most of these quarterbacks now, the proliferation of the spread uh, and the air raid into the, the pro game. You know, for a while people thought, ah, oh, it'll never work. It works. The rules are set up for that. Uh, the league wants it. The league wants lots of offense. It's not to say that good defensive teams can't do well. Um, uh, but ideally what you want, I'll reiterate it, you want both. If, if you can be Buffalo, Philly, San Francisco, Kansas City, again, we talked about kind of brushing it. You know, their defense isn't quite as right. good as those other teams. Their offense is the best in the league. You want both. But the, the what you need to be dynamic to really consistently win in this league is you need to be dynamic on offense. You need to score points. You Period. gotta be, and that's it. Period. It's just the way you're going to thrive in this league. Let's say hi to. Let's see who's next. Who's been waiting a little while here? Thomas in Homewood. What up, Thomas? Hey, what's going on, fellas? First time caller, long time listener. Thanks for calling. Welcome man. aboard. Hey, I just want to flip the script on you guys real quick because I know you guys. Everybody's up on this offensive kick, but what about if you had like that number one defense with like a like a twelve or thirteenth offense? You don't think you think they'd have a shot at it? I mean. I think you'd be better being in the top ten. I would just put it that way, Thomas. Look, if you're not dreadful on offense, sure. I mean, you what you can't be is where the Bears are, where yeah. the Jets oh, are, oh, where, you know, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, you're so far back. What, what I would choose in this era of football, Thomas, is I'd rather have a top ten offense than defense. I guess that's my point. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather have a top ten offense than yeah. defense. Even Yurko agrees he's a defensive guy. Yeah. The games just changed too much. When Yurko played, different story. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I, but, I, I can have number three and number ten. And I'm fine. Number three and 14, I think I'm still fine. But you've got to be able to throw the ball. You've got to be able to pass the ball in this league. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for checking in, man. Let's go to Patrick and Beecher. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Urko, I got an idea. Why don't we work with uh, New Orleans, get Sean Payton, use a a draft pick for that, and then go with his uh, ability to pick players to work with Paul's. He's pretty good, too, Patrick. You're not kidding. But you would have yeah. to give up a draft pick. You're right about that. We've to New Orleans? Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've, they've, they've reserved the right. Is that what they've done? Yes. Yeah. We, we've talked about this a little bit. 
just uh, on, on stuff we've heard over the years is that Sean Payton really doesn't have any interest in coaching the Bears. I, I remember for, he was with the Bears in 1987 on the strike team with Mike Hohensee as quarterback. Yeah, go Mike Hohensee and Sean Payton were yeah. both quarterbacks on that strike team. That's right. You're... Um, the Chicago Bears organization as a whole is nothing new to Sean Payton. Sean Payton knows everything about the Chicago Bears. Now, they are changing a little bit. Yurko had the breaking news earlier this hour. He's, for his sources say, by the end of the week, the Bears are going to announce Kevin Warren yep. as the new president. I mean, could, can Payton be sweet-talked into thinking, hey, we're not mom and pop anymore? We have heard over the years that, 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 that it was never very, like the Bears was never an appealing job to Sean Payton because of kind of the way they were run. But is that changing? Bear down. I don't think so. Well, I mean, if they move into a new they stadium. Like Andrew Tate right there. They're, Jeez, they're, hiring, on out there? they're hiring Kevin Warren. Except he's in a Romanian jail. <laughs> uh, do we have time for one? Let's break. we got to take a break. That way we'll stay on the clock. Yes, I said clock. Waddle and Sylvia are going to be I did. Waddle and Sylvia are going to be down, and uh, we're going to cross-talk. We should maybe spend just a minute on the—, the we, it's a weird time to bring up anything baseball. But the Carlos Correa saga has been kind of yeah, fascinating. Yeah, that was different. Carlos Correa, you know, not signed ever. He agreed to the deal in San Francisco. That falls through. He agrees to a deal with the Mets. That falls through. And now he's going back to Minnesota. On a, I think a six-year, two hundred million dollar deal. Five year? I thought it was five. Uh, maybe years. it was five years. Um, I, I thought you had stated it was five years. There it is, right there. Six-year deal for shortstop, max out at two hundred and seventy okay, million. So it is a six-year. Yeah. What a weird saga! All over an ankle injury that he suffered, and subsequently had surgery in the minors in two thousand fourteen. I'm, this is a new one to me. It's like very bizarre. Maybe we'll spend a minute or two talking with the guys about that, too. But lots to discuss. Uh, they'll be in in two minutes for Crosstalk. Ryan Poles has the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. You had to have the last word. On Carmen and Yurko. We're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision.